0: Hi, my name is Ian Riley, and I'm Michael Fields, and you're listening to My Best Guess. It's a show where we invite all dads and father figures to join us as we journey through the unique challenges and joys of fatherhood. So grab your coffee and pull up a chair, because whether you're a seasoned dad
1: or a soon-to-be, we're excited for you to join us on this episode of My Best Guess.
0: Well, all right. Hey, this is episode 10, Mike. Wow,'re we're, we're, we're in the double digits.
1: Oh my goodness, and we've got thousands and thousands of listeners. Thank you guys out there for so tuning in so many li- actually there's like don't maybe, even don't maybe, say it, maybe 12.:
0: And you 12 are faithful. And they all download like four times. Praise God a month. which is great. <laughs> Praise God for each of you. Okay, so for episode 10, we're excited to bring on our second guest of the show. This is an avid listener, so he knows all of our stats. All of all the the amount of times that we've laughed at something that's not funny. I'm joking. I don't think he says he's listened to one. I don't think he's listened to any of them. This is a uh, a pastor, a father, a kind soul. He was at one point my boss. He did he marry both of us? He married both of us to different to different wives. That's just, we're we're uh, yeah. Uh, there's a better way to say <laughs> what we just said, but introducing. Pastor, Eric Harris. Eric. What up, fellas?
2: This show just went south quick with those comments. Yeah, I know.
0: It got weird pretty fast. And I didn't say what church. North Point Baptist Church, Eric. You've been there how many years Ayo. now?
2: Uh, March, 10 years. Wow. 10 Started years. as a
0: youth pastor.
2: Yeah, started as a youth minister in uh, March 2014, and then in December 2018, moved to the pastor. Come on.
0: Come on and, and this is something that we don't need to necessarily discuss, but uh when we when we first met, it was it was just the goatee. And now it's the full beer. Yeah,
2: yeah no, there's uh that's that's how I came to know Ian's a different guy because uh, his first day on the job, he looks at me. <laughs> and uh I learned with Ian if he, if he ever sets up a question of, Hey, can I ask you a question? It's 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 kinda of that I'm gonna ask you something that I know I shouldn't, <laughs> but if you give me permission, I can right, do it. That's right. And I said sure, and he's like, "How long have you been rocking the goatee?" I was like, "I don't know for you know ten years, you know, trying to trying to make, make myself not look like a youth and adult." I said, "Why well, yes?" Yeah. He goes, "No, you just don't see a lot of guys rocking a goatee." And I go, "Well, it's coming back in style." And he goes, "Yeah, doubt it."
0: <laughs> wow,
2: you took that wow. inspiration for me
1: though, because I was wearing the goatee before I graduated. It did. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It did. Well, Michael, Michael, my first interaction with Michael was uh very gave off a
0: very strong Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> that, vibe. So, that is, uh that's that's been... fair. That is super fair. Yeah. Uh Eric, I'll, I I'd like to start with this question because I I too am in the uh, in the role of a pastor and I think there's a lot of naturally there's some weird overlaps, not weird, but there's there's some overlaps of being a pastor and and being a dad. Everything that we we do as as christian pastors as we talk about god our father you know and, and learning from him and and listening to him and reading his word and all those things. so as you you're you're a father you're a pastor and how do you see those roles sort of influence each other if at all
2: hmm. uh that's a good question i mean i'm a father of two girls I got 12 year old and a, a 9 year old girl dads um Man, I, I I, don't know. <clears throat> I think a lot of it is, is you can't let those be two different personalities, two different people. I mean, I think I, I try real hard of what my kids see at church is not as different than what they see at home. I think that's where they see uh, hypocrisy. And I think they see a, a double thing. And I, I obviously, I don't know if I come across do well at that, but I very much so try to be authentic and real in front of my kids with them uh, to talk about my insecurities, my weaknesses, and mistakes. And at the same time at church, I hope I do that same. So, uh, I think that's where I try to do the best I yeah. can with those two roles. Isn't that
0: interesting? Like the, we, we have, we, as in just people, we talk about like the leave work at home, you know, and then you come home and even as a pastor, right, there's, there's boundaries there, you have to, at some point, we do have to leave work and come home. But what you just said, you know, is like, I'm the same, I'm going to be the same. And that's also part of like the, the integrity piece of being a pastor of like, no, like you're, you sort of, you don't clock out, you know, like, is that, is that hard for you? Did, did that take a long time to, to get to, or is that something you're still learning?
2: Uh, yeah, no, well, it's, 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 it's even, I think harder for us because our, our dynamics different. My wife is also the children's mm-hmm. minister at the church. Mm-hmm. And so our worlds very much wrapped into the church. And so we come home we enjoy what we do. It's kind of almost a hobby. So we talk about it all the time. It's, it's we have to force ourselves not to talk about it sometimes. Um, and we don't, we don't do a great job of it. Uh, it's something we're trying to be. We have to intentionally tell ourselves we got to shut this off. Uh, one thing we do well, at least one day a week, we try to strive for is Fridays where we're both off. Uh, we kind of treat that as our Sabbath, a day where we, we don't work. And, Uh, So we do a lot of intentional things with our family that day, but really try to make sure. Okay, let's let's not talk about work. Let's not talk about this. Let's not disconnect our conversations about God. Let's not talk church business, if you will. So it's it's hard in that aspect, but at the same time, um, you know, we we have open candid conversations with my daughters about me working at the church and how they feel about that. Um, You know, and is this is this what they want me doing? And is this going to cause conflict for them? And how how do they feel about that? Uh, and, and it's amazing. They, they feel they have a role. They they feel like they're part of the church and they, they enjoy it. Yeah. So, uh, our old worship minister, Matt Blagg once said, I asked him, I was like, man, how do we, how do you navigate having kids in ministry? And he says, well, you can't separate the two. You need, you need to have your kids be a part of what you're doing. You can't treat them as, okay, I got my separate life here, separate life here. You, you, you need to find ways to not force them in ministry, but let them be a part of what's going on.
1: Yeah. So, so from just along those same lines, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a member at North Point And so I'm part of the congregation. Uh, um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on. I, I think as a pastor, just from what I've observed, you guys seem to be under a lot of scrutiny just constantly. There's just, you just see people like looking at you, wa- watching the way you're living, watching the way you're doing. I think things. that's
0: just towards Eric actually.
1: Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, bring it all right (laughs) and and like i think that some of that transfers over to like the preacher's kid kind of mentality of like you know okay i've got to i've kind of got to walk the line constantly how do you give your kids um kind of room to breathe in that and do you feel that sense of scrutiny like do you feel that extending to your family and
2: um and how do you kind of navigate that um Man, that's a good question that we're still navigating through. I, I think. Um, so, so I'll, I'll tell you, like, there's a lot of me that doesn't want to be in ministry because I'm extremely paranoid of that. You know, the the preacher's kid, uh, uh, whatever. You know, that stereotype that goes around with them. Um, I, I don't want my kids growing up hating God or the church because their dad works there. You know what I mean? And, and so again, we, we constantly are having conversations of how, how do you feel about mom and dad working at a church? Do you, do you enjoy it? Do you feel pressure? Do you feel, um, you know, and they're still young. And, and I say, I say this, I think it's hard. that I don't think they feel that scrutiny yet. I don't think we can have an accurate measurement of that because they're so young. I think that comes probably more in the teenage years. And my daughters, my oldest daughters are just starting to move into that. Um, but we, we've what, well, one, I'll say this about our church. Our, our, our church is, we, we haven't felt that. And even my, the, my predecessor, his kids and stuff. I, I didn't see a lot of that where it was people. I felt like hold them on a different pedestal. They were just another one of the kids yeah. now, now I'm not, I can't say they didn't feel that, but I didn't see that compared to I've seen at other places before. And our, our church, I think does a very good job of that of just, they're just one of the kids. Um, I, I tried, I think when I preach to get up and preach, I'm a screw up. I make mistakes and stuff like that. I try not to talk about my kids too much. And if I do, I'm not trying to cast them in a yeah. bad light. So, it makes them feel paranoid of that. Uh, often if I tell a story, I'm going to ask them for permission uh, if that's okay and how they feel about it. Um, but I, I'll, I'll say this at the end of the day, and you know, maybe my congregants won't really like this, but it's the truth of the matter. Um, we have conversations with our daughters and, and ask them, like, how do you feel about mom and dad working at church? And if there's ever a point that we feel like it's causing an issue for them, we have no problem stepping yeah. away. And we've told him said, so listen, it's kind of like this. I, I think I'm called to be a pastor. I think I am. I know I'm called to be a yeah, dad. Wow. I have no doubt about that calling. And, and that's, and so my dad being a dad is my first calling. My pastor is my second calling. So I have no problem sacrificing my second calling for my first. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I love the church. I love what I do, but the reality is, is there'll come someday I'll leave. And within two years, they'll move on and have a new pastor and they should. Yeah. Um, my kids are not going to have that in two years. I don't to move on. They're gonna have a new dad come in. And so. Uh, so if we talk to them like we have no problem stepping away from this. We have no problem finding something different to do. But but we're going to be transparent with you. We we follow God. And we're going to go to church, yeah. but we don't have to go to church where Dad's the yeah. boss and preaching and doing that sort of stuff. Where your mom's there doing it. And so by the grace of God, all of our conversation with the kids. I mean, they come back like, no, we love it. And I, I mean, I've literally like, you sure we can <laughs> we we can do something else? <laughs> okay. and, and they're like, no, no, we love it. And they can't imagine a, a world not being there right yeah. now. But they're they're entering the teenage years and, and that may change, but right now that's how we're navigating those sort of
0: things. I you know um something that you yeah I thought you always um have done a good job and still do a good job of is is being vulnerable and like yeah you're not putting up a facade of like okay when I get up and I and I preach I am I'm the I'm the pastor who has it together I know the answers and I I am living an exemplary life and. And to do the same to your kids, I think it's, gosh, I don't know. I, I it, I would rather be strong in front of Eliza, you know, my daughter, than to be strong in front of 10 people that I'm leading. Like I want Eliza to know that, yeah, my dad's strong. He's smart. He's full of integrity. He gets it right. You know, I, I want her to know that. But So, you know, so I, I feel that pressure, and I'm, I'm sure you do, to an extent, but I think what you've always done a really good job at is just leading with, no, but here's the reality. Like I've, I've failed here and I messed up here and always, you've always led with just, yeah. Like I'm, I'm just a guy, you know, who's trying to be obedient in my season. But do you, I guess, is that, is that hard? You know, when like you, you're, you're talking to your kids and you're like, okay, I'm about to have a moment of of vulnerability and say, you know, Hey, I I messed up here. I could have done better here. Um, is it harder to do that in front of your kids than it is to do it on stage? You know, when you're on the pulpit preaching the word.
2: Uh, n- no. Um, I, I think it's easier with my kids because I want them to see just an authentic me. Yeah. You know, I want them to see their dad's faults. I want them to see the mistakes. And so I'm constantly, and I want to teach my kids to do that. I don't want to teach them, Hey, I'm a perfect dad. It makes no mistake. You need to be perfect too. It's like, man, dad, dad was an idiot. And I'm sorry. And I've, I've constantly like, Hey. I made a mistake uh, and I explained why I'm, I'm apologizing for it and stuff. I've, I've even punished myself in front of my kids. I mean, uh, my, my youngest daughter, me and her, she, she threw a fit one day. And in a, just a fit of anger, I slammed the door in anger and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it was just like, and my wife came out laughing later. And it's like, you totally bungled yeah. that up. I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I was not a good witness. And so later I came up, you know, came to her and was like, you know, you messed up. And so here's punishment for you. And, uh, you know, dad messed up too. And and how I responded was exactly what I got angry for you responding at. And I said, so, and they, they know, like we got a dog that I joke about. I don't want stuff like that. And so she picked out my punishment. I had to go pick up all the poop in the backyard uh, and and they just (laughs) thought that was, they thought that was hilarious. But I mean, it's just, I'm not above standards. I'm asking them to live by and be, and, and, and trying to model that. And and I say, it's easier with my kids because of church. There, there is a constant, I guess, sometimes fear of like, man, how are people going to take this? You know, uh, what, how, what's too far of being sharing too much, but I, I've had leaders I've loved and respected in my past. And, you know, even growing up that had moral failings and stuff like that, because they live, they put themselves on a pedestal that we should never yeah. be on. And yeah. I just never wanted to be that guy. You know, it's like, man, I've struggled. I've had addictions. I mean, I've had addictions of stuff that I've looked at that's, that's controlled my life. I don't want to be that way. And I feel like there's too many other people that are struggling with the same thing. And if I can't model what it looks like to be a redeemed person, then how do I expect other people to do that? And you know, when I took the job, I mean, I told them that like, guys, you know, I used to struggle with pornography. This is part of my story. It's part of my past. God's redeemed me from that, but it's, it's part of who I am, you know? Uh, and if you, if you don't feel comfortable with me sharing that, then I don't need to do this job because I'm not going to hide what God has delivered me out of, yeah. you know, and by the grace of God, they've been very supportive. So Yeah.
1: And I think it's just amazing to hear you preach that from the pulpit, because honestly, you know, a lot of pastors out there, you, you know, you listen to a sermon and I mean, they never really go that deep, you know, with vulnerability. I mean, um, you just, you kind of have the illusion that they're, you know, just these sinless, perfect people that, you know, you just have to kind of live up to. Um, and you know, it's really hard, but I mean, I've never had that feeling, you know, even when I was in the youth, um, and after that, like, um, as a, as kind of a, as a full member, um, I always kind of felt like you would give, I mean, you would listen to what I had to say, you know, if I was confessing something to you or you would kind of give me, um, assurance that like, Hey, you know. I'm struggling. I struggle with stuff too. And, you know, I'd like to encourage you in this and like, here's some different like practical ways that you can um, work your way through that. And that's, you know, that's a really cool thing. I think that's one really unique and interesting part of your pastorship, if that's a word, is that you bring a lot of what you have to say down to the application level. And that is just a really, cool way um for us to be able, as congregants to be able to kind of pull away things. And I think it's the same thing for kids. Like kids need applicable, like, you know, on the ground, like, okay, what do I do though? And how do I apply that? Like they don't need these kind of like high pie in the sky ideals all the time. What they need is like actual practical like application. And so um I wanna ask a little bit about so, you know, it sounds like you're I mean it sounds like and I think you are a very intentional dad. I've seen you kind of, you know, talk about these things and work through these things in real time as, you know, our relationship has progressed over the years. But I'm curious how much of that comes from, you know, um, you know, your own childhood and like kind of growing up. Um, And I don't know how much you're comfortable sharing about that, but um, I know that you had some struggles growing up. And, you know, I'm curious how your fathering has been inspired by that. Um, What kind of things you wanted to do the same? What kind of things you wanted to do differently, um, et cetera?
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my upbringing, we, I had a, we had a little dysfunctional family in some ways. Uh, you know, I came from a blended household my parents got divorced when I was six weeks old. Um, and, uh, you know, my mom remarried the man who's my stepdad and was raised me from the time I was two and on. And, um, you know, and they had, they had their challenges and, and I don't want to disparage them. I'll say this. I mean, growing up, I always, I want, I'll say this. I think every kid who comes from a blended home or from a divorce background stuff, fantasizes of what a normal family looks like. And you're like, man, I wish, I wish it was that. And so I think it's just, I think that's just the nature of it, you know? And so I'd look at friends of mine who had parents that came from what I thought was a stable home thinking, man, I wish it was that. And caused me to maybe be critical of some things growing up. And then now as I'm older and seeing the challenges and stuff and just seeing more so, I I think I see, I appreciate what my parents did for me because I know they gave me, a better raising than what they yeah. had growing up. And so I can't ask for more in them, but, but in that there were, there was some dysfunction, you know, they didn't, they didn't always fight well. They, they had, you know, uh, divorce was thrown around common in vernacular of, of frustrations and stuff like that. And so, um, I, I think, I think my challenge now is trying to take the good things and the bad things. And at the same time, not, not make too much of either one of those. You know what I mean? I mean, take the bad things like listen, I understand I, I have I have sympathy now for the challenges they had and how why they did it this way. And now I gotta learn how to grow from it and give my kids a better example of this. And I, I take in from other people and realize even the people I fantasize of who I thought were amazing homes or amazing parents are not that they have their own yeah. issues. You know, there there's no such thing as a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect dad. And and I think the more we try to work towards that, but be authentic and transparent, like you know, be open about our weaknesses, the better we're gonna be. And so I'm grateful for my parents and what they did, but, um, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're looking, trying to be a good dad. And, and sometimes you don't feel like you had the great examples that you wish you could have if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you're, you're kind of making it up as you go. Uh, but there are good qualities. I mean, my stepdad raising me, I mean, he was, man, he, he, I just, he was a guy that I knew would always be there. I mean, if I called right now and said my car's broke down, he'd drop what he's doing, he's going to be here. I mean, he loved his kids. He would serve his kids. And I, I want to embody it. It's like, man, if there's one thing I want to take, it's that right there that my kids know, no matter what they're going through, I will drop whatever I can at a moment's notice to be there for them, yeah. you know. Um, so th- there's aspects like that. I think you take the good. I think you learn from the bad, and you don't get too critical either way. Yeah, so, yeah
1: I think just – and I want to I wanna just kind of – um I just want to compliment Ian here too. We we talked, I think, in the last episode about values and different things. And he talked about connection being one of the values of the Riley household, um, basically getting under the bedrock of what makes people tick and why they make decisions and kind of understanding where they're coming from, like almost this kind of idea of empathy. Um, and I see that borne out in the way that you describe your relationship with your own parents. I saw that actually borne out a little bit in my dad's conversation about his relationship with his parents as well i i know that you know a lot of a lot of guys across america they're you know they have you know they have kids and they're kind of trying to reconcile their own relationship with their father um and like how they want to raise their kids and what they want to do same and different and i think one critical way um that's useful in doing that it seems like from the people i'm observing um who have had to wrestle through that is to get to a place of peace and understanding of, you know, I didn't have a perfect upbringing. I didn't have a perfect father growing up, but I can appreciate the things that he did right. And I can appreciate the things that, you know, he tried to do right that maybe didn't turn out well, but I can understand where he came from and why he made those decisions. And with that understanding, I can bring that forward into my own fathering. And so I have seen that, you know, born out in your relationship with your own kids and and different things like that. Um, So yeah, that's really really well put.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just, just on that, like, Eric, I'm sure you could agree that, that there's, there's nothing, there's not like a whole lot, right. I'm, I'm not, I can't say that there's a whole lot of redeeming qualities about, a, you know, a, a divorce, but even in your own story, you know, like the, the beauty coming from the ashes and are talking about just redeeming grace. Like, yeah, I'm a sinner, but, but I'm, I'm totally redeemed and made new and the Lord can take what was bad and, you know, and turn it to good. And I look at my parents' divorce and like, no, I don't look back and say like, oh yeah, I'm so grateful that they got divorced. Like it was hard and it was really challenging, but that has fueled my motivation, you know, to build a really healthy and strong marriage. And not just on the, 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 you know, what, what I believe about marriage, like that should be enough, you know, but, but what also drives me is like, I'm not going to put my kids through that through that. I'm not going to put Cass through that. I'm not going to put myself through that because it was really hard for me. And like, I've seen the other side of it and I'm like, no, I'm going to do everything I possibly can, you know, to, to have, to do it differently, you know? And that's just one aspect of my childhood. You know, there's lots of others that, that I'm sort of in a sense, right. I can look back and say, I guess I'm a little bit grateful for, you know, cause that, that, that is fueling me more than what probably would have been there just naturally.
2: Well, let me, let me say something to what you're saying. I mean, and, and, and I, I think I, my whole childhood, I grew up saying things I didn't like about what I thought was my dysfunctional family, I, I would say I, I would never do that, or I'm not, I will not do that to my kids, or I will not do that to my wife, or I will not do that you know, to, to yeah. whatever. And I think what changed in me is you know when I was in college my freshman year, uh, just a lot of the men that I had looked up to and admired had, had some different failings in their life, moral failings and stuff. Um, and a lot of it I realized with them is that they, they were putting their guard down, uh, that they had didn't, were just completely blinded yeah. to. And, and the realization to me is I look at these guys and I realized they, they never, they never said someday, like, you know, I think I'm going to go do this, you know, like I, I did, I'm going to, you know, intentionally just not care or yeah. whatever is going to happen. They they let their guard down. And for me, I came to realize my, my outcome wouldn't be the same. I never want to do that. I will never do that to my kids and my family. But I had to accept that I was fully capable yes, of doing that. Yes. I had to accept that, man, I'm, I'm human. They're human. They make mistakes and I'm flawed. And if I, if I don't start intentionally working on things in my life that are... Because I, I was looking and once I began to learn about their past and stuff, I, I was doing the exact same thing, thing they were doing that led them to some of the paths they did. And it was that whole thing of like, man, I if I'm not humble and careful in this, I am going to follow that same track. And I found a lot more sympathy for them through that because I realized... <clears throat> maybe they went through the same thing. Yeah. Like I'll never do it. And they just let their guard down, man, here they are where they're at. So, uh, I think for me, that was a lot. What changes, saw myself as flawed, saw myself as human, saw myself as vulnerable and said, listen, I just need to be transparent. I need help. I can't do this. And I need to quit trying to act like I'm a superhero. That's going to be the dad of the world and fix yeah. everything. You yeah. Know? I'm curious. So,
1: I, there's something that I've been wrestling through recently is, you know, cause I have some, you know, I, I have some of my own insecurities about just as a person and like coming into fatherhood, you know, I feel like I'm bringing some of these things to bear as a father. And you know, it's not like I'm teaching anything really, you know, articulated or anything like that to my four month old, but I'm just kind of like mulling things over and something I've been considering is, you know, um, I'm worried, I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to bring those insecurities and I'm going to try to expect more out of my daughter than, I expect out of, or I guess I'm going to expect more out of her because I wish it were like that in my life. Like Mm -hmm. I wish that I was capable of certain things, or I wish that I were different in certain ways. And I want to kind of project that onto my daughter. And I can kind of feel some of that coming along, um, just in these, in these first few months of her life. Um, I'd like to combat that, but I'm curious if you've ever felt that way too, of like, you know, um, having some of your own insecurities, coming across and then kind of feeling like um oh my daughters need to be this way or that way instead of really understanding what they're capable of what their capacity is like how do you walk that line does that make sense
2: um yeah kind of i think i mean it's it's i i don't know i mean i i think with my kids i just keep a constant dialogue with them well it's, it's hard i mean i say this at a young age there's not a lot of dialogue.
0: Right? <laughs> right. I
2: mean, I mean well, there's, there's a like, lot of dialogue. I just don't understand what's being yeah. said.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, so, so here's the thing. I mean, uh, there's a guy named Reggie Joyner who's with the orange Institute or now it might be rethink whatever, but he, he talks about, you know, when your kids are young, you, you have a hot, very high influence of authority, right? What you say is go, you're the boss. And, and so from little age, all the way, like, you, you're going to control their life a little bit. You're going to tell them what to do. It's a little bit of you're the boss intimidation and, and it's on two separate planes. So, so that's it. And then on the other side of it, you have a very low coaching. You can, you can try to talk to them. You can try to encourage that. Ain't, you know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. not at the age they can do that as they grow older, around the age 12, 13, those two, those two planes begin to come and merge and, and, and swap spots to where now, now when they're like, my daughter's 12 years old, she's at the access where I still have a decent amount of authority, but I'm also now just as much coaching mm-hmm. and I'm trying to navigate that world well. And as she gets older, I have a low authority. I can say what I want, but she's going to do what she wants at the end of the day in some ways. And I'm trying the best I can just to be that coach yeah. and that influence in her life and hopefully send her off in adulthood to where now, you know, you guys are with your dads where they really have no authority of you, but yet you're going to them every once in a while and say, how do you do this? How do you handle this? And, and so I, at a young age, it's it's there's a lot more of they're going to model what you do rather than what you say and stuff like that. Mm. And you 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 kind of earn the right to when you get to the coaching phase they're going to model now what you say and not just what you yeah. do, right? They're going to listen to you because they've seen it play true in your life. They're going to see it, you know what they see, you know. And we, we often do it backwards. What I say is king, you know. What I what I what I teach is king, you know. Whatever than what I do, and we got to flip the script on that. I think, and so. I don't know if I'm necessarily answering your question in this. When it comes to to my daughters, I mean, at a young age, it's hard to do that. Now, now that we're at the age that we can talk, so the insecurities I have, I I'm just kind of vulnerable about this. Hey, when I was your age, I struggled with this. I'm dealing with, you know, how, how are you dealing with this? I, you know, I find myself and really trying not to push it, you know. So, I think we're having a lot of coaching conversations now with my kids, and that's that's where my point of parenting is different from y'all's yeah. right now. I think in some sense, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It
1: sounds like what you're saying is coaching is, more, so when they're really little, you kind of, you have this, you have literal power, you have authority in the household. In a in a sense that like, you're going to do what I say, you're going to be the person that I tell you to be, you're going to pick up your toys. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And then as they get older, you kind of go into this coaching phase where you have influence um, with your kids because you've earned that right over a period of time by being, you know, helpful to them and and kind of leading them in the way they need to go. Um, And then is that, do you think that's the point where you get, you know, you kind of just start to allow them to kind of be their own person and kind of um, kind of go out into the world and make their own mark. Cause I think that like, for me, I mean, I have some, you know, insecurities about like the way that I communicate or the way that I carry myself and things like that. And I just, I worry that some, I worry that I'm going to impress those things upon my kids And then I'm going to want them to be different in those aspects better than I was. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm worried because I have seen like other parents, they, they seem to pressure their kids to the point that they kind of break and they just reject all of that. And they say, I don't want to do that. So how do you, I guess that's what I, I was kind of asking. I think you answered the question in that, you know, you really just get to know your kid and let them be who they are, but also kind of walk them through your own life and tell them, you know, kind of the wisdom that you've learned over the years.
2: Well, and we, yeah, I mean, and it's harder for me to really pinpoint when they were younger what I did. Cause like I said, it's more of, I, we're, we're just telling them what to do, you know? And, and I, I think it's hard not to imprint your, this is my will. You know what I mean? It just, it just kind of is, you, you know, you, you and your daughter's young stuff like that right now, you're kind of stage of don't hit someone, yep. you know, you can sit and explain why, but she's going to turn around and hit someone again, just cause that's just where they're right. at. Now you don't, you don't stop explaining why, but you're, you're imprinting your will on yep. her my daughters get older now, now now we have, we have more conversations of why, why, why is this not, you know, like my daughter, when she got upset, slammed the door, I had to go sit down and say, man, dad, dad screwed up Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really bad. And, and and look at what this did, you know, and, and I was a bad example to you in this. And I don't want you to do this because here's, here's, here's where issues like this have caused issues Mm -hmm. for me and your mother in our marriage early on. Uh, sometimes my temper would snap and and I I didn't like who I was and I don't want you to be that way. You need to be your own person, but here, here's why this is not healthy to do yeah, this, you yeah. know? Uh, and so, so when it comes to like corrective behavior, that's what I'm trying to do. I don't know if it's the right answer or not, but I'm just trying to coach them into why explain the reason of why this is bad and how it's played out in my life. I don't want to see this for them, but they got to be their own person, but even more so of stuff they want to do we same sort of thing like listen i want you to go to church i want you to love god but i want you to make your own decision yeah. and i want you to know if you come some point and you choose not to follow god i'm gonna be honest with you, it's gonna break my heart but i'm still gonna love you and i want you don't don't please don't do this just because mom and dad wants yeah. you to do it yeah. you know what i mean and so we're constantly you know my my oldest daughter at one point got into basketball i mean I, i'm a big basketball junkie love it but if you don't want to do basketball that's great if you do it i we'd have a great time but we're gonna bond still another yeah. way so don't feel like you have to do mm. this um and so, I mean, that's how I see myself come across. You might ask my daughters, and they'll tell you sure, something completely different. Sure. So maybe you need that. Yeah, like, yeah, we're going to have them on all the, all the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me give you all the reasons. My dad's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, so. How
0: um how do you go about just with all that? You know, because you, you're talking about how it's very um, discipline, not discipline, but you know, but like yeah, like what you say goes kind of thing, and then transitioning into coaching, but in the middle of all that. Like you said they're they're seeing what you do, and they're learning from that. Mm-hmm. How do you go about teaching and sharing your faith with your kids, knowing like you know the conversations are not necessarily you know let's let's look through Genesis to revelation and unpack you know yeah. and and let's talk about all these different you know theologies and practices, but do yeah. you have like rituals that you kind of use throughout the week? I know you guys go to church together, but anything else in there that you're like here's why we do this. Here's how this, you know, correlates to just the, the Christian faith and how we practice it. Or, you know, how, how, how do you go about teaching and sharing your faith with your kids?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, so I think what you're asking me is kind of like discipling my kids What does that look like a little bit yeah. at home and stuff. Um, early yeah, I on. I guess I could ask that Eric.
0: Thanks. No, no, no. I'm just, whenever you want to interview us, I'm I'm so you to know. Answer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I, th- I, think, I think when I'm, again, my, my parents are great people. I would not be a Christian had they not took me to church, but you know, we, we didn't have a whole lot of God conversations yeah, at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so growing up, I didn't have necessarily this example and my, my dad didn't start walking with the Lord till much later in life and stuff. So, you know, that example was not there for me a lot. So, so going in, when I had kids, I think I struggled a lot with, what does that look like? I mean, I thought when you have a Bible study and you have kids. I mean, I I did all sorts of research and stuff. And every time I did something like that, it felt extremely unnatural. And and some people may do that. And I think, you know, I'm very big in the coaching mindset of here's what I did and work for me. You take the principles, but your life may look different, you know? Uh, But for me, I kind of come to find that it's got to come more natural in the flow of life. We're not going to sit down and force. All right, we're having Tuesday Bible study at five o'clock, get your Bibles out. This is what we're going to do. You know, Um, it, it just came more of, we we looked for windows of opportunity of every day living out our faith, and when opportunities came up we talk about it. Um, there's a passage, not trying to alter Come on Jesus Come on, it. Hey, you know, Pastor. Uh, Deuteronomy six, four, uh it's a famous passage. It says this, says, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It says, Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. He says, These words I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk to them about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road. When you lie down, when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol and on your forehead, write them on the door, post them on your house and your city gates. I mean, to me, when I read that, that passage, was I, Eric listen,
0: citing it from his heart. He, he had that scripture memorized. <laughs> he wasn't looking <laughs> down. <laughs> he was not he reading.
2: Verbatim. <laughs> yeah, verbatim. Uh, it, it's, it's, that, that's a passage to me. It's just talking about, listen, every day is a life. When you see God opportunities, take advantage yeah. of that. Um, you know, when, when my family's going through stuff, let's pray. We believe God can do stuff. Um, I remember, for example, uh, when we moved our kids to a new school, that was a hard transition for them. We didn't think it would be, but at a young age, but it was very hard. Lost. A lot of their friendships were lost in the move and stuff like that. And I remember my girls having trouble, my youngest daughter having trouble. Uh, she, she literally cried. She did not want to get off, get out of my truck to go to school and, so we're driving there and I, I don't know what to do. I'm like, literally, it, it's like my Hail Mary last throw. I'm like, let, let's, let's pray. Can we just do this? And we're in the car in line. Like, can we just pray that God's going to send someone to you? Can we do that? And she goes, yeah. And so we prayed, God, you know, get, give, help Hallie find a friend today, bring someone to her, you know. And I'd love to tell you that was me being super Christian. It's like, I don't know yeah. what else to say right now. Let's yeah. just throw this yeah. out. <laughs> um, and I remember just being tearful after prayed with her with that and got in the car. I'm like, God dude, I, I, I need you like to come through. Um, this is, this is hard. And and that day, you know, I go pick her up and we get tearful. I am emotional guy. I went to pick her up and she got in the car and she ran in the car and she's like, dad, I met this girl today. She came set at my wow. table. And man, I just almost started weeping. Just thinking about it. And I talked to her and I said, do, do you remember us praying about that this morning? I was like, man, isn't that cool? How God works. And, and, and it's, it's like, man, I don't do that every day. Let's pray for this. Let's pray yeah. for that. But it's like, when it's impressed in my heart, don't let those opportunities go yeah. by, you know? Um, and so my, my kids, you know, one of their nighttime routines is they're reading and my oldest daughter taken up reading the Bible. Some we didn't push on her. She said she wanted to, someday she does it. Someday yeah, sure. she doesn't, you know, I, I don't, whatever, but I'll come ask her, what are you reading? I'll ask her, you know, well, what did you think that meant? And we, we dialogue through it. Um, so it's, I guess what I'm saying is we, we don't force yeah. it. But I, 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 gotta, I, gotta, I constantly try to stay in tune of like, God, when you give me an opportunity, I'm going to bring it mm. up, whether it be through my confession of my struggles, of, of my sins, of what I've done, whether it be praising what you're doing, whether it be, you know, even, even church stuff, going back to what you asked about pastorate I mean, one of the things we do, and I learned this from a pastor named Griff Henderson, uh, one of the things we do to help our kids appreciate the blessings we get from being a pastor is, is sometimes people will give us like gift cards or, or, or stuff just for being a pastor. And so we, we'll we go out to eat and eat and then we'll tell them, Hey, is, is this meal not awesome? Like so-and-so at the church gave us this, you know, there's, just, they're just showing us love. Oh, like, yeah. There's good things about being a pastor kids. There's bad things. We need you to see, Hey, not all of it's yeah. bad, Yeah, you know? Uh, and so and Griff taught me that, like, if you want your kids to see it, you got a point of how the church has blessed you so they can wow, see that's that as well. So there's wow.
1: unique uh, blessings to, you know, um, to being the kid of an accountant too. That's a, <laughs> you know like i can do her her taxes when she's old enough. i can also claim her (laughs) on my set
2: up the spreadsheet for me would you (laughs) (laughs) show me how to work excel dad yeah exactly
1: i'll show you how to make Uh, a budget yeah we're gonna do that when she's four that's really the goal right now is to make a budget when she's four so yeah
2: dad how do you work this
1: pc yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) the windows and not the Macs. Uh, (laughs) you ministry people um i am curious so let's pivot a little bit i'm curious just um you know what how is it different and i i know you don't have any boys but i'm curious what are some unique aspects of raising girls like what are some things that you have had to work through like some different kind i mean because you're i mean you're a, I mean people who you know aren't are only listening i mean and you don't know eric i mean he's a big burly guy he's a carpenter he does you know he goes what do you go to Benville once a year and like ride dirt? I mean, you're like a
2: man's man. He watches people ride
0: mountain bikes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. My mom, my mom back in the day called it husky by the way, which is a nice way of saying fat, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. So, what, so what's it like? So what's it
1: like raising? Do you like imbue some of those things, like those hobbies and things with
2: your girls or do you, I mean, are you really like, have you been softened by, uh, by having girls? Uh, man, I, I love having girls. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine having boys. I'm sure if I'd had boys, I'd have fell in love with that too, but I can't imagine not having girls. Um, I'm not a super affectionate, uh, emotional guy. I mean, it comes out sometimes, but man, I I love from a young age, like cuddling with my girls. I love spending time with them. Um, And so there's things like that, that I just, I enjoy doing with them. And, you know, I I try to meet them where they're at as much as I can of what their interests are in. I talk about my hobbies. I don't force them into it, but I invite them into it. If you want to do this with me, you know, I'd love to. So, for example, uh, the church uh, let me go on a sabbatical back in October, and I I decided I want to start trying to lose weight. And one of the things I do is decide to start running. And so I just I asked my oldest daughter. It's like, hey, I'm going to go run. Do you do you want to join me? And she said, yeah. And so now we we've been running consistently, and we're we're working towards a half marathon at the memorial coming up. Um, and it's just it's a cool thing. And now we create a hobby. Uh, and it's, it's quality time with my daughter. We love doing it. I get to talk in between and stuff. She's talking about doing cross country now, and it's just cool seeing that. But I think it's, I don't think it's forcing it, but inviting. If you want to go with me, I'd love to have you, but if you don't, yeah. it's cool. And, and and when they don't, I, I, I have to find ways to lean into their life and what they're doing. Um, my wife says I do a good job. I don't know if I do or not, but when I come home, I don't care how tired I am. First thing I'm gonna do is go spend at least the first five, 10 minutes of undivided attention with them. Just to how you doing, how was your day? Tell me about your, you know what I mean? And so it, it's just being with them. So um, th- there's different things I, I didn't expect. I still don't understand girls. Uh, I don't understand my wife. Yeah. I still don't understand my girls. And so we're navigating stuff. I'm like, what in the heck's going on? I'll, I'll never forget the first experience of that. With, like my oldest daughter, she was three or four. And she, she came crawling in bed with us sometime in the morning. And I'm just, I'm, I'm out. I'm just kind of half out sleeping. And she just, I wake up, she's just boohoo and crying next to me. I was like, Addy, like, what? What's what's the issue? And she's just like, you won't cuddle with me. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, I did not even. What are you talking yeah. about? You know? And I was like, man, I, girls are just different than guys, and so yeah. having to learn their needs and lean into it, yeah, them. yeah. Um, and I think I'll say this one thing: I'm I'm very excited about it. Is I I, I want to. My my wife was a very godly woman, secure in herself, growing up, and I think her father instilled those things mm-hmm. in her. Um, and I think, and I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I think sometimes when fathers don't show the affection, the love, and just be what they're looking for, they they go and try to find that in other men yeah. and boys and, and boyfriends and stuff like that. And you know, my goal in life is like, listen, I want to raise my daughters, be affectionate with them, be loving with it, where when they're looking for a, a, a boyfriend, a husband someday they're not looking to find a need that was missing. They're finding something that's like, listen, my dad set a good example and I want someone that's going to live up to the standard, you know? And so for me, that's a goal in life. I want to have in that. So
0: what, how do you just on that? Like, and again, like, I don't, I don't know if, if I, I totally agree. Well, before I ask my question, I'm going to get to it, but let me just echo some of that is like one of my favorite things to do is, is Eliza will come running into the kitchen, just wherever I'm at, the kitchen our room, whatever. But I know whenever she runs in there and she's saying like, I'm wearing yellow or I'm wearing purple or look, I have bluey on my shirt. What she's wanting from me is is for me to react to what she's wearing and say she's beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and like, oh, this is so pretty. And whatever. And It is like my favorite thing now, Yeah, you know, whenever she comes sprinting yeah. in wherever I'm at and she says, dad, dad, I'm wearing yellow. You know, it doesn't matter. It could be filled with, you know, spaghetti sauce all over it but she's showing me that to me because she knows what she's going to get on the other end of that. You know, whenever she's excited about what she's wearing and she's telling me, she's going to be told after like, you're beautiful. Like that is so pretty. Thank you for sharing. You know what? And I seriously, I cannot get enough of affirming her and I don't know, I guess just doing, you know, girly things, you know, like I love supporting her in that way. And, and, and and then the uh, foster kid we have, he's a boy. It's just a totally different relationship. Not that I don't say like it, you're you're looking good, you're handsome, you know, you you look strong. I say that, but but it's a different. You know, what I'm saying like it, it it just feels. I don't know. I it I feel very softened towards her. You know, in in that moment of like you're beautiful, and there's something about whether it's our culture and it maybe it's only our culture, right, that says you know women yep. you have to be beautiful, or or but. But maybe it is. There's something, something about just the feminine mind, you know that that desires to be beautiful. And maybe it's not culture. Maybe it's it's something in that. Um, but I I I love, I love telling her that she's beautiful, and and, and even at two, she seems to be really, really blessed by that. But the the actual question that I'm trying to say here is is how do you how do you work to empower in your daughters' foster. Uh, uh, confidence and independence and and as they're growing up in a culture, I think the three of us would agree is feels like there's some some um burdened expectations on women, uh whether it be in the workplace or being a stay at home mom or or certainly how they carry themselves in public and they have to look look a certain way for all of us sort of and and michael i we're we're looking at dads like you who are a bit ahead of us to figure out how do we empower confidence, um, independence in our, in our daughters to, for them to know that they're strong and beautiful and loved and safe before they ever walk out the door.
2: Well, I, I I think, I think it's a difference from kid to kid, right? I mean, and I think you gotta be sensitive to each one of your kids and what, what they need, you know? Um, but I, I, I do think, I think everyone's looking for affirmation, validation, you know, and security and they're looking for it in different ways. Boys looking for it in different ways. I mean, they're growing up, dad, am I, am I strong? Am I manly? Yeah. Am I, am I, do you think I'm cool? You know, whatever, you know, sort of stuff. I, I'm saying that as someone has no idea. Cause I don't right. have boys, <laughs> uh, you, gr- girls, girls differently. They're, you know, am I, am I, am I beautiful? Am I valued? Am, am I, you know, d- d- does someone love yeah. me? You know? And, and I think if we don't do that, they're going to find it somewhere else. And there's plenty of places in the world that will tell them that, but it's contingent on certain things. And I think it's, I think it's good for us to go, I, th- I think you're beautiful, but I think you're beautiful because of these things yeah. too. And, and we, we affirm all aspects of their being. Um, and I, I, think, I think, so with that, for me, I saw when, when my daughters were a little or younger, it was easier to do. Because they they come up almost flat out ask yeah, for it, like, yeah. like you said, DataMite. You know, and I'm not I, I I'm not good about giving compliments and and just being that an encourager, yeah, if yeah. you will. Yeah, uh, we know, we know
0: Yeah, appreciate <laughs> you
2: guys. Yeah. yeah, just going like it is. Um, it, it's it's it was much easier when they're younger because they'd almost ask for it. They they'd almost flat out tell me I'm beautiful. Hey, you're yeah. beautiful. You know, and I find other ways to affirm them and stuff. Um. I'm finding now as my daughters get older, as they're getting more independent, they they don't ask for that, but yet they're still looking for that. And I have to intentionally be intentional. Yeah. On that. Um, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you guys have been married long enough. Now when you, when you first are dating, you're doing yeah, it all about that. your girl, oh, yeah. right? Golly, man, you look mm-hmm. hot. You yeah. know I mean? You're just constantly, you, you get married and you may do that for a while, but it's easy to just get, you know, just out of the groove of doing that. You just take yeah. it for granted. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? And it's like, you forget to, and even, even sometimes my wife will be like, what do you think about?" my outfit? Like, yeah, cool. I'm yeah. <laughs> making, missed an opportunity to go, you look good. Yeah. You know, my girls, I'm seeing that I'm having to start to do that now where I have to be intentional. Uh, my daughter's constantly fixed her hair. I'm like, man, you, that that looks really good on you. That looks really beautiful. Yeah. And talking about things I, I love about her and, I, and qualities in her. So it's, it, I think you have to affirm the beauty and the things the yeah. world does. So they know that you see that and validate that but I think you have to take it a step farther and from things, the things the world's are not going to. Yeah. Man, you you are a, you are a bright woman and you're just so confident. I love yeah. that about you. I love that you exude this, you know, and I think the more you talk about point of instances, instances in their life, they do that. Um, so I don't know yeah. if that answered your question, but for me, I struggle with that. And I'm constantly telling myself, I have to be intentional with this. Cause if I don't, when my girls are getting an age, they're going to find it somewhere else. And I'm not going to like where they're going to yeah. find it.
0: You no, know? that's really smart. And, and, and just and not to be like not to leave it at wow you're you're so kind that's amazing but to say you know you're so kind that's amazing that makes you beautiful yeah. you know like i think no. not i don't know you know the, what the word beautiful does to their psyche you know but but to tie that in to show them like yes there's the physical side of beauty and like yes your hair looks beautiful and and you in that dress is awesome and whatever but to also, yeah, it's like you you were so kind and you were so generous just now, like that was that was beautiful, you know and, and to tie that all together to show them that their their value and worth is is set you know so so far beyond what clothes they wear or how they express themselves physically, you know that's really
2: good well, I think a- key, a key word for me, sorry man, the key word for me is, is just intentionality and I, I I think a lot for. I am an avid listener to, to this Come podcast on, and uh people please subscribe if you're not doing it already. Uh, but, but I'll say this, like, I, I think I'm, I, I think what you guys are doing with this podcast and talking is what a lot of guys probably not doing. It's just, we don't know the answer. We just want to be intentional. Yeah. And, and I think in that, I mean, for every, for every dad, it's going to be different. And it should be. Your kids are going to be different than mine. Your upbringing is different than mine. But as long as you're trying to be intentional, man, you're going to, I think you're going to be successful. Yeah. You know, you're like, I'm I mean, every way. And for me, that's what's with my life. I think I keep trying to come back to when it comes to my walk with God, when it comes to affirming my daughter, it's always got to be on my mind of God. i need to be looking for an opportunity. When my daughter does something that is bold and confident, I need to, I need to speak into that and not let that go, go, huh, I should have said yeah. something when, when God gives me an opportunity to talk about him. Don't let that go by, man, jump on the opportunity and let, let you're surprised at what stuff will stick. Um, you know, I, I even have certain habits built in with my daughters. My youngest daughter, Hallie, uh, I'll I kind of joke like, "Man, I don't know why, why. Why do I love you so much?" And she will always go, "Cause I'm your daughter." I'm like, "Nah, something more than that." What What is it? And she'll go, "Cause I'm funny. I I, I say jokes. I'm pretty." I'm like, "Yeah, keep going." You know, I mean, so it, it's it's habits of trying to get her to to see those sort of things. So sorry, Michael. What were you? Well, yeah, say? I was just
1: gonna say, you know, the thing that I have seen like between myself and my sister with this growing up, I've seen i think you know ian when you're talking about being like wanting to tell your daughter that she's beautiful i think it's really just instilling a sense of value yeah and there's yeah, yeah and that and that versus for a boy like for me like when my dad told me hey i love you like that meant something to me but when he told me but when he told me i'm proud of you that meant something different to me that, that meant something like oh wow you know i have something to be confident in my dad has confidence in me that means i have know that means i you know i have something to be proud of you know i can actually bring something into the world and be useful but for girls i think it's a little different in that you know they i mean obviously beauty is something that is a piece of that but i think that value is really what they're looking for is am i valued am i valuable because if you're not valuable you're going to go out and find somebody to tell you that you're valuable right and people will tell you that in all sorts of different ways i think beauty is one of those ways but there's other things too, like you're valuable because you're empowered. You're valuable because you're, you know, um, you're strong and you're, you know, you're good at sports and you're good at this and you're good at that. Like the world will tell you all different kinds of things. Um, and not, none of, not all of those are bad, like you said, Eric, but, uh, and not all of those are good, but there's a different, I do think there's a difference between like boys and girls and there's differences between like each kid, like you were saying, Eric. And so, um, and so I, w- I would love to bring that in with my own daughter is to say hey you're valuable and i want to tell you you're valuable in a thousand different ways yeah um and i want to instill that within you and i think one way that you instill that within your kids is just to help them to realize that like they're not just some random number in a universe that was you know that came out of nothing god created them they're fearfully and wonderfully made right and that's a different kind of view. That's a different kind of value than just oh, you're just a another ball of meat wandering around on planet Earth, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's those are some really good ideas. And I I just love the difference there between you know like leading you know leading and raising boys versus leading and raising girls. Um, Eric, I want to ask you one more question. Going back um, further back in the podcast about the difference between calling and emotions you said that you had been you had felt called to be a pastor um but uh and you th- you think you're called to be a pastor you know you're called to be a dad um yeah. and i'm curious like as far as kids go how are you thinking about because i'm sure you've shared that story with your kids about how you were called like and and you told me one time you went you were at falls creek and you went down and you didn't really know you know what god was calling you to because you're already christian And then they took, you know, and then they said, maybe it's ministry, you know, and that's kind of was, was your testimony as far as going into ministry with your girls, how are, would you encourage them, you know, between like following their calling versus following their passion? What's the difference? How do you navigate that?
2: Well, I personally don't think those are mutually exclusive things. Um, I think they're easily coincide. Um, I, I, personally don't think you have to be called to certain aspects of ministry to do i think god can do that um i think so again i uh, pull another scripture from my Come own on. noodle right here as i look at my cell phone. uh romans 12 1 through 2 says this as therefore brothers and sisters in the view of mercies of, of god i urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god like this is your true worship do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will. In, in, in a nutshell, and this is not me, I, a pastor named uh, Pete Briscoe pre- preached on this. The, the pastor's kind of talking about, listen, we, we freely offer ourselves to God, say, God, whatever you want with my life, it's yours. Uh, and until that time, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to do what I know your Bible, what your word says. And, and, and there's freedom in that, as long as I live in that, to do kind of what I want, to how I best position myself to pursue you. So, so he, he kind of illustrated it like this. It, it's kind of like uh, living inside a calling or a will of God is not like a tightrope. And if I take one step, I've fallen off the cliff and ruin everything. Like God's sovereignty is big enough that there's freedom of choice and, and even pursuit of passions and stuff in that. It's more of like a basketball court, you know, using uh, something I'm familiar with illustration. There's clear things in scripture where God says that these are out of bounds. You, you can't go here. We, we don't have to question yeah. those sort of things. Why, why I say I know I'm called to be a dad because... Scripture makes it clear my expectations to raise my kids. There's no question about that. Those are clear things the Bible has told me. I don't have to question about that. Um, even on the court, you know, there's certain things. Okay. There's fouls, there's certain rules of how to play. But as, as long as I play within that realm, n- now it's kind of up to me to figure out where am I best positioned to make the biggest a- impact for the kingdom yeah. of God. I mean, I can be heaving up half court shots, probably not going to be effective, but I'm still playing the game. And every once in a while, I'll make yeah. a bucket. The reality is if I want to be truly effective, I look at how God is wired to me, my passions, my desires, and I'm a big guy, as y'all said, so I'm going to go on the post. Oh, I'm yep. going to make a living down there. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah, sit on the bench. I'm going to root on my team, <laughs> bring them a towel in the water when they come up. And, and so is this, when it comes to calling, I, I tell them, say, listen, be, follow what you know God has said, and, and then be faithful to what you think God yeah, is leading you. Yeah. you know, and, and in that, there's freedom. There might be three different doors. I don't think there's a the wrong door. Um, so for me, like the pastor, I, I, I never wanted to be a pastor, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you Ian, Ian was with me through the whole situation <laughs> going through, it kind of turned into a listen, um, turn my name in the hat. There's like a 5% chance it's going to happen every week. It went up by a yeah. percent until it eventually happened. But, you know, for me, I just knew that I was being, I was supposed to be at North Point. Uh, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing there. I, I didn't think it was youth mystery anymore, but whatever the church needed me to do i would do and i feel like god would gift me in that as long as i was faithful to pursuing yeah. that and pastor it ended up being where it was so so my girls for example we would talk and say listen what do you know god tells us we should and shouldn't do we don't have to wrestle through that beyond that i, I would say this offer yourself as a living sacrifice now say don't just say what do i want god how can i best be effective for your kingdom work and then if there's options and it's equal do what you want. God, God's going to bless that. There's not anything wrong with that. And I think sometimes we put too high of a thing of you have to be called to this to do this. I think God does that. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I think you need to be faithful to that when you feel the Lord leading you to be a pastor. And that was me. I didn't want to do it. I felt the Lord leading me that and I started pursuing it and God opened the door for me and began to I feel like, I think, I don't know, gift me in yeah. those areas. So, um, I, I think that's the same with kids. I, I want to encourage them, my, my oldest right now thinks she wants to be an interior designer. I'm like, good luck. Uh so but it's like, hey, listen, go do it. Go, go be you, go do this thing, man. We want to fuel on that, but at the same time, man, offer this as a sacrifice to the Lord of God. Well, how do you want me to use this for your kingdom? Is this the best thing I can do for that? Yeah, you know?
0: Um It's great. So- yeah, what what is it? Um uh, and I'm not I'm not looking at my phone. Hey, Galatians uh three twenty three. Is that what it is? Nope. Uh is whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Colossians three twenty three. Colossians
1: three twenty three. Do it it's uh oh man. It's in the it's, Bible it's somewhere in that there, matters. Yeah. It's uh I can't quote it exactly. Whatever, but yeah, but yeah, we
0: whatever yeah. you do, do it for the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working for the Lord not for man. And yep. I think, yeah, that I, I've since Got it. since um working with you, Eric, that I didn't even know that, that was somebody else's teaching. I've always cited you, so you're welcome. Um but I that yep, yeah, that idea board. of the basketball court, um, I've used that. I mean, since I heard you talk about it for the first time, I've, I've used that to help people process it. And even for myself to process, I'm like, yeah, no, I would sit on the bench. That's for sure my role, you know, but like, you know, I, I think that's a really helpful way to look at, to look at, at, I I think calling is, is becoming a sort of trigger word. I think for a lot of believers, you know, we we throw that out a lot and are you called, are you called, are you called? I think the most important thing for all of us, and it's going back to what you're saying and is, well, we we know we're called to do some things, go and make disciples of all nations. We're all called to do that. There's no, we can't get out of that. You know, that's, that's the job. And then there are several other things, right. That's like, do this. So it's like, start there. And then, yeah, give yourself freedom and permission to walk with the Lord freely after that and, and listen to his voice and trust him. But go on the journey of discovery and figuring out where where you where you fit and, and what your role is. But I I have the same sort of outlook as in and my role as a pastor where I've told um the people above me, like, I'm I know I'm called to do certain things. I feel called to foster care. I feel called to to you know be a good husband and dad. The role of pastor I love and I, I enjoy it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here, so I'm, I'm, I want to do it well. But do I feel like called to it? Where if I wasn't doing it, I'm gonna find a way to go back to pastoring? Like, not necessarily. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way. I feel called to be in ministry. I, I want to do ministry. But that could, you can be a, you know, you you could be a volunteer who shows up five hours a week mm-hmm. and, and leads a small group or whatever, and and be a a great minister of the gospel and. That's your, that's your role. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I, 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 can see myself doing that. And, but right now I'm a pastor and I feel like I'm where God wants me to be, but more, you know, I, but I, the things that I'm secure in knowing who God's called me to be is not necessarily a pastor. I, anyway, I'm I'm not doing a good job as articulating is what you said. Well,
2: I think you, I think people limit God's sovereignty when it's like, there's one way and there's no yeah. other way. And if that's the case, somebody's jacked it up down the line. Right. I mean, you clearly see in scripture, God has us, God's going to carry out what he's going to do, but there's clearly things that happen that is not really what he wanted, but he still makes it work to fit yeah. his yeah. plans and yeah. agenda. I mean, that's Adam and Eve. That was not his agenda for them to fall yeah. in sin, but he still had a plan that He's going to execute in spite of their decisions or, or yeah. part of their decisions, yeah. you know? So, um, I, I think there's a lot more freedom and I think God wants, it. I think God, that's part of like God being a father in that sense. I just want to bless you and speak in power to you. What what do you want to do? I want to bless you and find you find joy in the desires. I mean, you love fostering. How can I bless you and what what avenue would help you to accomplish that? That would help me accomplish my life at the same time. You know, so
0: that's great. Hey, Eric, thank you for being here on the podcast. We really appreciate it. I, I have one last like question for you, and then we'll really wrap things up. Is what is your fatherhood best guess? In other words, you know what. What's been like something that you've you've sort of planted your flag in in fatherhood and said, like, if I had to teach anybody about, you know, I, I guessed at this and it, it kind of worked, you know, th- but this principle or value or or methodology of parenting of fatherhood that you're like, OK, I, I, w- I would give this off to somebody. What would what would that be? Uh,
2: I hope I mean by what we've talked about, it's kind of came through. If not, then maybe I'm living in a fantasy world. But for me, th- three things is be intentional, be humble and be authentic. Yeah, You know, in every opportunity you can be, be intentional as you can in situations, you know, and I think intentionality goes a long way. I think be humble, realize that, man, I I'm not perfect. I'm making mistakes and, and do that in front of your kids and then be authentic. I think is, is a key thing. I think kids see the real you, uh, good qualities and bad, you know, I, I, look forward to sharing more with my kids about man, the struggles I've had, what that's done in my life. And you're going to make your own decisions, but I just want to tell you the heartache it caused me. And I just don't want you to do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and so for me, those three things I try to live by, uh, and it, those are values to me. And I pray my kids have that. Now they may have different values. as They get older, but those are the ones that I want to yeah. tell them. Yeah.
1: That'll great. be hard to put in a
0: title, but we'll give it a shot. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, okay. Eric, do you, do you happen to have a dad joke? ready to go if not i have one i also have one we might do two oh we might do three come on
2: we're gonna, we're gonna do like three of them we're
0: do you, do do you have one? one
2: i i do it's it's you know they're never good my, I, I i do they're have never dad good. jokes with my kids all the time that's badly. True. no they're never good i mean i i am the notorious you know my kids like i'm tired and it's like oh nice to meet no. you tired my kids literally <laughs> i mean to the point that i'll be like hey are you tired like no i'm out I'm like, okay no i'm, I'm sick yeah, of this yeah, now right. it's not funny anymore you know uh, but I've beat it so so much into the, into them, it's not good. But uh, here's one right here. What's worse than finding a worm in your apple? <laughs> what? Finding half a worm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. Michael, what's yours? What's yours? What's yours?
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Mine's a little different. Would it kill the makers of avocados to put a different toy, in, toy inside? <laughs> I've got like 50 wooden balls already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's so dumb i think both of those are better than this one this one's really stupid i ate a kid's meal at mcdonald's today his mother seemed really angry (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny
1: (laughs) if it's your kid
0: yeah right (laughs) yeah Yeah, they were really they were anyway eric thanks so much for for being here um it's it's always so much fun to get to connect with you and and hear from you and um, and all your wisdom. So, we really appreciate you getting on the show.
1: Yeah, that's great, Eric.
2: Appreciate you
0: being on. <laughs> go, go riding mountain bikes or whatever it is that you go do.
2: Will do. Appreciate you guys. Keep up the good work. I think you're, I think you're onto yep. something good here.
0: Thanks. All right, Bike. Michael. Yep. What a show. What a show. 10th episode. Uh, listener, thanks so much for being here and, um, if you would, yeah, leave a review, like, subscribe, email us at dadsbestguest at gmail.com. Still don't have any any emails. So. <laughs> no, no, we we have emails. <laughs> it's just from you know subscriptions. All the sponsors. <laughs> yeah. All the sponsors that want to be on the show. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We'd yeah. love we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or um even guest suggestions. We'll reach out.
2: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Matt Damon, we are available. <laughs> we 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 can have you on the show. No problem.
1: Hit me with a, yeah, hit me with any kind of suggestions you have out there because it's got to be better than what we're coming up with.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, you guys, take it easy. Thanks for being here. Bye. See you.